Today on Hardwired. Most of you in here are saved. You've been washed in the blood. The Holy Spirit's in your heart. But guess what? Now God's job is to get the world you lived in out of you. He wants worldly thinking out of you. He wants worldly ways out of you. He wants the world purged from your thinking and from your heart. And he wants to replace it with heavenly thinking, the renewing of your mind, so that you may understand what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You're listening to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire. Thanks for allowing us to share this time with you. It's our favorite time of the day where we get to hang out together and hear about how the truth of God's Word can make a huge difference as it's hardwired into your life, your relationships, and your future. You may be stuck in traffic or maybe even stuck in life. Either way, today's message is going to help you get on the right track as you learn how much God loves you right where you are. And if for any reason you have to break away before the end of the program, you can always catch it at our website, hardwired.org. That's hardwired.org. So let's go ahead and get right into today's message. Here's Pastor Jeff to set it up for us. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Hardwired. Thank you so much for joining us. You know, one of the hardest things sometimes to do is to change. And yet, when you come to Christ... Change is what you're in for over and over again. And so today we're going to be talking about the challenge to change. You know, you get in trouble when you get stuck, when you allow your faith to become stagnant, when you're really not growing, not moving forward, not moving on, not gaining more ground spiritually. We need to know how to change and be open to change because that's really the only way we ever do move forward in God. So grab your Bible, something to write with. I'm so excited to share part two of the message, The Challenge to Change. Let's go. I want to begin to talk to you today, just minister to you over the next few weeks on the subject of change. Change is a part of life. I thought about calling this something uh, respectable and sort of plain vanilla, like the challenge of change or whatever. But the more I thought about it, the more I just wanted to call it this, change or croak. (laughs) I believe that change is a part of walking with God. Change is absolutely necessary. We've got to learn to flex and change or we will not experience everything that God's got for us. We've got to change in business. You've got to change with relationships. You've got to change and flex with life or life will leave you behind. For 40 years, three things never changed. And here's what they were. Moses, their leader, same leader for 40 years, never changed. Manna, their daily provision, never changed for 40 years. If you can imagine that, 40 years of eating the same thing, that never changed. And the third thing that never changed was the cloud by day and the fire by night. That was their guidance, their leader, their daily provision, or their source, and their guiding lights, the cloud by day and the fire by night. When God was going to lead the children of Israel on, the cloud would move and the fire would move, and they would move with it. If they looked out and saw that the cloud had moved, they would pull up their tent pegs, and they would move down the trail, and they would stop underneath the cloud and underneath the fire, and that never changed. So they began to associate the presence of God and the guidance of God with that cloud and that fire, and they became very accustomed to it. 
When God brings change, your focus often shifts with change. Your focus. For years, they'd focused on the cloud and the fire as their source of guidance. Listen to the word, quote, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night in a pillar of fire. You know how comforting that was? If you got up in the middle of the night, couldn't sleep, having a bad night, you just stuck your head out of the tent and looked up, and there was that big ball of fire, God's fire hanging over the camp. You looked up and you said, it's going to be okay. God is there. And in the daytime, if you got a little bit nervous, wondered where God was, you just looked up, and there was that cloud, supernatural cloud, hanging over the camp. And when that cloud moved, you moved. When it stayed, you stayed. You began to know that God was there, always there. But then that changed. When it came time for God to carry them to a brand new place, he changed their focus to the ark. Like we just read, God said, for 40 years, you have looked at the cloud and the fire, but now I'm changing that. I want your focus to be this. I want you to look at the ark and you follow the ark. And they had to adapt to major change. You know how many times they looked up and nothing was there? They were so used to looking up and suddenly nothing's there. God said, God, change your focus. I want you to look this way. I want you to look at the ark. Now, understand something today. A church may be led by God to focus on certain aspects of his character. Every church has a personality. Every church has a spiritual level. Every church has reached a place spiritually with God. And wherever that church is, they have a focus. I can tell you where a church's water level is, where their spiritual level is, within 10 to 15 minutes of visiting that church. I can go in there and tell you exactly where they are. You know why? Because you're going to hear about their focus. They're either going to be talking about faith, talking about provision, talking about miracles, there are some churches that focus exclusively on speaking in tongues. Don't think that's a good idea. But some churches build their whole church on that, and that's where they are. That's their focus. For some people, it's restoration. For some people, it's evangelism. But every church is like a great big person, and that person has a focus. And that church grows together to different spiritual levels. Now, I want to tell you, we've grown We've grown spiritually. And, and I can tell that as one person, as one unit, our focus is undergoing a change. Because you see, God first deals with you on the inside, and then he leads you to minister to the outside. When he gets ready to carry a church to a new place, he may change that church's focus or emphasis to something like evangelism. I want you to notice this. In the wilderness, Israel's focus was inward. Deuteronomy 8.2. Listen to what God says about them. God says to the children of Israel in the wilderness, you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. Now listen to what he says about him. So he humbled you. He allowed you to hunger. And he fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now I want you to notice what he said. God was dealing with them in the wilderness on the inside. He was humbling you. He was testing you. He was seeing what was in your heart. He was realigning some things in you because they had been delivered out of Egypt, but they had not had Egypt taken out of them. 
So God took 40 years to get Egypt and Egyptian thinking out of them. Now you have come to Christ. Most of you in here are saved. You've been washed in the blood. The Holy Spirit's in your heart. But guess what? Now God's job is to get the world you lived in out of you. He wants worldly thinking out of you. He wants worldly ways out of you. He wants the world purged from your thinking and from your heart, and he wants to replace it with heavenly thinking, the renewing of your mind, so that you may understand what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So when God begins to deal with you and me, he begins on the inside. Did you know that happiness is an inside job? That if you're going to be happy, it does not depend on what's going on out here. Can I tell you today, I'm a happy man. I really am. I'm a happy guy. I have peace with God. I walk with the Lord. Sometimes it gets really bad and I get joy fits. I mean, I just thank God for his goodness. I had one yesterday standing in that building. It washed all over me. And I said, look at what the Lord has done. And look what he's about to do. Buckle your seatbelts because God's going to do something wonderful. We're going to have a good time. I'm not looking forward to a bunch of work. I'm looking forward to fun. But I can tell you honestly, as long as I walk with God, I have peace with God. I have happiness on the inside. Because when Jesus came into my heart, he began to do something on the inside. And that's what he did with the wilderness wanderers. He dealt with them on the inside. It was an inside job. He was dealing with the inward. But at the Jordan, God's focus changed and it became outward. He said, now that I've dealt with you on the inside and your attitude is right and your walk with me is right, now you're going to take the promised land. See, they couldn't take the outward until they had conquered the inward. And when the inward was conquered, then they went and conquered what was out here. You got to let Jesus have his way in your heart. You got to submit yourself to the word of God. You got to say, Lord, whatever I feel or don't feel, I'm going to live according to this book. I'm to do what it tells me to do. I'm going to obey you. And when you do that, God begins to change you on the inside. He arranges and rearranges and alters and, and fixes and restores and establishes his life in you. And then he says, now go take the land. Now, can I tell you, God's been dealing with the insides of this church for three years. And now we're about to go outward and take the land. Can you give God praise? So God said, now that it's all changing, I'm changing your focus. I want you to focus on the ark. Now, here's the second thing about change. It's got to be accepted by the people. Change has got to be embraced and accepted by the people. Failure to embrace change is the death of a move of God. Folks, I'm going to tell you, life is change. You got to change in business. You got to change in your relationships. You got to change in your marriage. You've got to change. You've got to be open to change. And I'm going to tell you, I don't like change. And neither do you. We have something inside of us that likes everything to remain the same. I can tell because some of you even believe your chair, the chair you sit in, is yours. You're in the same one every week. You think I didn't notice that. And bless God, if somebody was in your chair when you came walking in, we'd have strife in church. Because that's your chair. 
You know, Kathy and I, we've been in the same home for 17 years. And I know it's going to take a stick of dynamite for me to blow her out of that, that house because we're used to that house. That's our house. We've been there since it was built. And so we don't like change, do we? Tell the truth. We like everything to remain the same. We like the same old, same old. We like predictable. We like knowing that something is going to be the same tomorrow that it was yesterday. John Mason said, too often our minds are locked on one track. We're looking for red, so we overlook blue. We're thinking tomorrow, and God is saying now. We're looking everywhere, and the answer is under our nose. The children of Israel, after 40 years of failure, finally embraced change. And they said to Joshua these words, all that you command us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. They said, I don't want to die like mama did. I don't want to die in the wilderness like daddy did. I'm going to go with you, Lord. I'm going to go with the flow. I'm willing to change. I'm not going to resist you. I'm not going to kick against it because this is what you're requiring of me. Then I'm going to flex and I'm going to change and I'm going to go with the flow because I want to be in the center of what God is doing. Pastor Jeff will be back in a moment, but first I want to share a couple of thoughts with you. Now, you may not be able to stay with us for the entire program, but don't worry. You can find the program at our website, hardwired.org, along with all the programs from Pastor Jeff. Also, we regularly get emails and calls from listeners just like you who tell us how much the program means to them. But we would love to hear from you too. So let me encourage you to connect with us by calling 877-884-3111 or through the website hardwired.org. That's hardwired.org or call 877-884-3111. And now let's get back to Pastor Jeff with the rest of today's program. And man, I'll tell you, there's people that are in churches today only because that's where daddy sat. And their daddy was there only because that's where granddaddy sat. And you ask them, why are you in this church? I don't know. It's just where my dad sat. Or I don't know. It's just where I've always been. We need a vision. We need a word from God. He's got a call on your life. And you have been called to flow with him, to go with him, and grow with him, and to reach out and touch other people. And only flexible, change-willing people can do that. Amen. 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 Say with me, you cannot grow if you don't embrace change. Now I want you to preach it to me. Say it a little bit better. You cannot grow. If you cannot embrace change, you can't walk backward into the future. You can't pitch a tent back there and say, well, I'm going to stay back there because that's where I was and where I've always been. If you build a tent in the past, you can't go forward. Some people stay so far in the past, the future's gone by the time they get there. And I've known them. You can miss God. If God changes people, embrace it. If God changes methods, embrace it. If God changes your focus, embrace it. Everybody's in favor of progress. It's the change we don't like. Now, let me tell you another thing about change. Most people change not because they see the light, but because they feel the heat. 
I wish that I could say, and it's, it's not true of me, and it's not true of you. Well, I just had a revelation, and, I, and I, I'm so willing to change. I'm so glad that God's bringing change. I so look forward to it. I just salivate over the idea of change. I'd be lying to you. Most of the change that's ever come to me, I felt the heat. God has a way of rustling your nest. I was reading about ravens, of all things, last night. And Jesus said that God will even feed the ravens, one of the most unlikable of birds, but he'll feed the ravens when they cry out to him. And you know what I found out about ravens? When they reach a certain age in that nest, their mother will boot them out. And there is a season when that raven is booted out of the nest. There's a season where he really can't hunt. He can't go look for his own food. And so supernaturally, somehow it gets to him. This is a fact God feeds those ravens between being kicked out of the nest and learning to get their own food. He rustles their nest and boots them out. And that's the way God will do with you and me. Suddenly, circumstances will begin to change or we'll experience an inexplicable restlessness in our soul. And God is rustling the nest because he's going to bring change. Change is a fresh forerunner of a fresh move from God. If you reject it, you'll stagnate and fossilize. God's frozen chosen. We are here because we've always been here. No, 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 no. If you accept it, you'll grow and you'll be blessed. How many of you want to be blessed? Do you really want to be blessed? We got to flex and flow. What is God wanting to change in your life? Where are you resisting change? In your marriage? in your ways, in your thinking, in your habits? Where is God wanting to bring change? Now, let me tell you a final thing about change. When God changes things, you're always better off than you were before. When God changes things, here's what I've learned about God. When God brings change, it's because he wants to improve my life. He wants to bless me more than I was before. And it begins at salvation. When you give your heart to the Lord, He's going to bring change to your life, radical change. When I gave my heart to the Lord, I've been living in the world, not raised in church for a day. I didn't know a thing about Jesus. But when I gave my heart to the Lord, sitting in a juvenile home, Jesus came into my heart. And the first thing he began to do was change me on the inside. All I had known was drugs and sinful living and all the things that are out there in that world ready to devour and destroy your life. That's all I'd ever known. But when I gave my heart to Jesus, nobody told me what, what ought to happen. Nobody got me into a church. He just began to bring change to me. And I had to be willing to change at every turn. But every time I let him change me, I was more blessed after the change than I was before. And God never takes something out. But what he puts something into your life that's better than was there before. Joshua, the new leader, carried them into the promised land. Yes, the manna ceased, but guess what? The manna was replaced with the fruit of the land. Which do you think was better? The cloud and the fire were replaced by the ark, and the ark brought them victory over their enemies at every turn. Which was better, defeat in the wilderness or victory over the enemies? Every time God brought change, they were better off. How many of you can say, I've never followed God, I've never given my heart to him, never gone where he wanted me to go, but I didn't end up in a better place than I was before he ever came knocking? Amen? When Kathy and I lived in uh, East Texas, uh, we had some friends, George and Jerry Teske, we've had them here before, um, many of you have met them, but they had a dog named Honeybee. 
Honeybee was this beautiful uh, blonde Labrador retriever. Beautiful dog. And Honeybee was one of these dogs that could catch a Frisbee. No matter how far you threw it, how high, how fast, this dog would run it down and catch it. One day I had a Frisbee out there, and I'm out there with Honeybee. Honeybee would stand right here and look up at you as if to say, pull. And I go, oh, as hard as I could. And I can throw a Frisbee way out there. And she would go like streak lightning. She would get under that Frisbee before it ever landed, looking at it, catching it in her mouth, come trotting up to you, spit it at your feet as if to say, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. Nothing you can throw me, I can't catch. So I tried and tried and tried and tried. She caught it every time, poetry in motion, a Kodak moment, every time she snatched that Frisbee out of the air. Beautiful. One day I got a little mischievous. I got a second Frisbee. (laughs) And I said, go, honeybee, through the first one. There she goes. She got it. She's about halfway back. And I pulled out the other one. If a dog can go cross-eyed, this dog went cross-eyed. She looked. And it was like, wait, I can't be seeing that. It's in my mouth. But it's another one. And there was a moment of decision. And I was rolling. I couldn't believe it. Beautiful. She froze. Frisbee hanging out of her mouth, looking at this other one headed her way. And she made a decision. A decision that a lot of people don't have enough sense to make. She looked at it, looked at me. Looked at it, looked at me. Spit out the old one. (laughs) Ran and got the new one. Halfway back, picked up the old one with the new one, walked them both up to me, spit them at my feet. And you know, God speaks to you through many things. And I was sitting there and it was like the Lord said to me, see that? A lot of people don't have that sense. The sense that when something new is coming your way, you got to spit something old out to receive something new. And I'm telling you, there is a Frisbee coming our way. That's right. Here it comes. And some of you are feeling cross-eyed. You've gotten used to this building. You've gotten used to this drive. Matter of fact, you're not real thrilled when we talk about moving. It may be a little bit further for you. It may be a different highway for you. You're kind of going, you know, why can't they just stay where they are? Why do we always have to be going through change? But I got to tell you, there's a new Frisbee coming our way. It's thrown by the hand of God. And we're going to have to let go of some things in order to grab the new. I don't know about you, but for me, Here we go. Here we go. I'll let go of this building. Been a beautiful Frisbee, but bye-bye because I'm going to catch the new. And you know what? We're going to take the new to the feet of the master. And he's going to say, see, wasn't it better to let go of the old and receive the new? He's got a blessing for you. He's got a purpose for you. He's got milk and honey for you. He's got something better than you've known. But we've got to lay the old down to receive the new. I'm going for the new. What about you? I'm going for the new. Let's stand up together, can we? Fresh change is coming to this church. We're in an exciting time of change, but our purpose remains the same. And I want you to repeat this with me because this is our purpose, to celebrate his presence, demonstrate his love, communicate his word, incorporate his family, 
and educate his people. Let me put it another way for you. Inward spiritual growth, outward spiritual harvest, upward spiritual worship. Everything we do and everything we're about will be in one of those three things and we won't touch anything else. That's our Frisbee. Inward spiritual growth, spiritual maturity, the fruit of the Spirit. Outward spiritual harvest, souls. Upward spiritual worship, giving glory to God. In reach, outreach, upreach. I'm gonna get a t-shirt with that on it. In reach, outreach, upreach. People say, what does that mean? Well, we build people up to maturity in Christ. We reach out and we win them to Christ. We reach up and we worship Christ. And it's just that simple. And it'll never change. That won't ever change. Surroundings might, but not our purpose. You've been listening to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire. It would mean the world to us to know how the program has helped you today. So take a quick minute and give us a call. 877-884-3111. Or you can connect with us at our website, hardwired.org. And if you enjoy the program as much as we love bringing it to you, let us know by your generous support. It would really mean a lot to us. There are daily costs associated with the program, and we truly do depend on the faithful financial support of our listeners like you to allow us to be on this station. So please, Consider partnering with us today with your gifts to this ministry. You can call us at 877-884-3111 or go to the website hardwired.org. Again, call 877-884-3111 or at our website hardwired.org. Thank you for your loyal partnership as we couldn't do this without you. And finally, Pastor Jeff is the founder and senior pastor of the vibrant Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. If you're ever in the area, we hope you'll stop by and say hi. Let us know that you listen to the program. That would really make our day. And Pastor Jeff would love to meet you personally, too. So till next time, have a great day. And thanks so much for listening to Hardwired. Hi, everybody. This is Jeff Wickwire, host of the Hardwired Broadcast, and I'm so excited to tell you about this month's offer for you, our listeners. For a gift of $40 or more, we want to send you the beautiful new Bible put out by Tyndale called Immerse, the Reading Bible. Our offer contains a beautiful reads-like-butter New Testament featuring the New Living Translation. The Immerse Bible New Testament contains no chapters, no verses, just like the original manuscripts in which the Bible was written, so that it reads more like a story. It also comes with an eight-week reading plan, maps, and a helpful summary of every New Testament book. So if you want to try a really unique approach to your daily Bible reading, just go to hardwire.org and click Donate Now to give your gift of $40 or more. We'll send you the Immerse Bible immediately. And thanks once again for your support of Hardwired. Every dollar we receive will go toward reaching the world with God's Word.